volunteers y'all you gotta have them work with them yep, absolutely yep awesome so with that we're gonna close out and we will see you all next week hi megan hey wendy <laughs> long time I just, no talk i said i just talked to you like 10 minutes ago we're, we're, <laughs> really we haven't stopped <laughs> nope <laughs> You know, um, just in case you missed the last episode, we'll catch you back up. Uh, April was like a dumpster fire on wheels. For Texas it really was. Yeah. <laughs> and all the district contests happened in a matter of, I don't know, what, two and a half weeks. Yeah. I love what you said on the one podcast when we were talking about of, of what we're going to face when we come out of this in contest. And uh -huh. I, and it's so funny, the messages we got from that one about how people said, it was like you were talking to me. <laughs> well, now we're on the other side of that and, and we'd be tired. Yeah, we're <laughs> real tired. But we, we still do. have a, a get to attitude, but it's a, do I get to rest anytime soon? Yeah, but I love what <laughs> Megan said in that podcast because she said we took 13 months of contest and put them in one month. And that's true. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> so yeah, we, we tired. We old, we tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that that is the um the reason for the delay in the episodes in the last couple of weeks. Um and, and we apologize for that, but also uh, you can only do what you can do at the end of the day. How how often have we preached that to you guys? And so um, you know, we we just had to survive for the we last did. couple of weeks. We did. So. And this is this is part of our job, but really those those contests are the main part of our job right now in April. So that that had to take precedence over the podcast right now. Yeah. But now we're yep. we're back to y'all. It's it's good. We're back to y'all. And we're back to you with a super fun topic today. Um one that if our pre-show conversation is in the in, any indication um, is going to be a super fun conversation because I hope that you can tell by the excitement in our voices that we are super pumped about this particular topic and could probably talk for multiple episodes about this one. And that is food nutrition camp. Oh, I, I told Megan, this is when I miss being an agent. These were fun for me. Fun. And, and the majority were done in the summer. And yeah, it was a big time for us, mainly July, because June was so slammed with state type things. It was a big July thing for me, but oh man, we had some good times doing these camps. Yes, this one was so, these camps, I've done so many different variations of this and um, have plans to do some variations of these things now at the district level with some camps. Um, but man, we got to do some really cool activities. And so that's enough um, precursor for us. Let's dive yes. right into that and talk about these super fun activities. All right, get a girl. You take the first one. Okay. So um, uh, for uh, several years, I did a camp called Chef Camp. Um, and at this camp, we did a whole host of things. Um, and it was, it was a little bit different each year. Um, for the most part, it was a two-day camp where um, on the first day we went through some very particular like food safety information, knife skills, um, my plate stuff. And we, you know, we did all kinds of activities with that. I will say that the my plate in itself is pretty boring, but if you do like a relay race and you have, um, I don't, I don't know about in all the extension offices, but in the offices I have been in, um, we had buckets of like fake food 
And so I would dump it all into one big bucket and I would make the kids put on oven mitts and like a button down shirt. And they would have to trade those out and race down and drop whatever food they had grabbed in the appropriate bucket. Um, whether that was a vegetable, fruit, you know, protein, dairy, um, grain or whatever, um, they had to drop that particular food in the appropriate bucket and then run back. So we got a little bit of exercise out of it. We weren't sitting still and then they got to learn, you know, where all the foods fit in that, that my plate, um, model, but it's not always super fun. And I will say that if you do teach that jazz it up and make it active. Um, otherwise those kids are never going to remember it. Yeah. Um, another thing that we did at that, that particular camp was, um, we did a lot of baking and so we did bread in a bag, but we took it a step further. And that was the year that I brought in a, um, a wheat farmer or one of our local producers who also, um, happened to mill their own wheat and, and make their own flour. And so they brought in their little, um, their little miniature meal and came in and showed the kids what wheat looks like in its purest form um and what it um what the berries look like and then what it sounds like and what it looks like as the berries are being milled into the powder that we use to bake bread and all that um we we even took that a step further and they brought red wheat and they brought um white wheat and we got to use both types of wheat to, to see how those impacted the different, um, breads that we were making from that camp. We also took, um, cream and we made butter. We had a master gardener come in and teach us how, um, how to grow herbs and how to use herbs in our cooking. And then we all made herbed butter to go with our bread. And so, um, and we did, you know, there was a lot of other activities. Those are kind of the biggest ones. For me, the number one thing that came out of that was we did some very crucial learning, um, learning experiences with that, with the baking and the temperatures and the yeast breads and things. Um, but we also did learning with producers, with gardeners, with farmers, and they got to see kind of that field to fork um, model in, in, in live action. And so, um, if you can build some partnerships and, and use those people that are already in your program, um, both of those, the master gardener was one of our super awesome volunteers. And the producer that we had was a 4-H parent that came in and, and taught that for us. Um, so you don't have to go out and find new people, you know, you can utilize the ones that are there in your program to help teach some of these things. Yes. And I'm going to stay with that and Megan hit it right there pick a lot of us we've got some type of commodity in the area and probably multiple commodities yeah latch onto those commodities and do a cooking camp that goes with that so here in our area i mean we are pumpkin we are peanut we're corn we're wheat we're dairy we have so many that it could be you know you, maybe you do it a five-year rotation this year you're going to do pumpkin all these pumpkin and next year's dairy and maybe you get on a five-year rotation and rotate those those cooking camps or chef's camps or whatever you want to call it but everybody's got something in their area you know maybe you're on the coast and it's seafood or citrus oh this opens oh, the a whole citrus. ball game yeah and work with those commodity groups and you can even go online i did this when i was still an fch agent the citrus, I think it's the Texas Citrus Growers have a great website. And at least then, this has been a few years ago, 
all kinds of free things that I would get delivered to me that I would take to kids at school when we talked about Texas grapefruit. So reach out to those commodity groups and see if they've got some free things that you might be able to use for these camps. Yeah. Um, Beef council, corn producers, mm. all of those folks are always happy to to send you some educational books or some pencils or some erasers or something like that. Yeah, Southwest Dairy Farmers, Pork. Oh, oh yeah. There's a, pretty much any commodity you have. There's a group that goes with it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I want to back up for just a second because as as we were talking about this and we were talking about partnerships and commodities and things like that, I had a thought pop in my head about um planning. So, and Wendy and I, we have a long list of ideas for these camps, but I think the thing that we really need to start with is how do you plan a camp? We, I mean, we talked about that a little bit in our day camp episode, but with this food camp, the, the planning part of it is going to be really crucial because you've got to pick a, an appropriate time of year, whether that is during the summer to keep kids engaged. It's at the end of summer to get them excited for your foods project, if that's when your food project is. Um, I know that there's one agent that does a sort of a food camp at Thanksgiving. You know, when are you going to do a food camp? When is it going to be most beneficial for your kids? And so once you identify that time, then you can identify some of those other things, like what commodities are in season and where can we find, you know, can we get some pumpkins to do a, um, a, a workshop with, or peaches or watermelons or whatever, tomatoes or whatever it is, um, you know, dependent on the time of year. Sure. You could go buy all that from the grocery store whenever you wanted, but, um, how cool is it for the kids to get that experience with those local producers? Yes. And I love it. And yeah, don't just think summer. I mean, I know spring break, people have done things on spring break or one day on Christmas because a lot of people don't travel on Christmas anymore. They stay at home. So, and I know we have people going, well, I don't want to work over Christmas. Okay. It might be one day, one day to or keep half a day. Engaged. Yeah. Half day. Yeah. Y'all heard us say before on those day camps, those all day cooking schools or whatever you want to call it. Those are hard. The multiple day ones. You Ooh. don't have to do that. <laughs> no, y'all, those are rough that we are speaking from experience. Yeah. As yeah. a matter of fact, I put that into play the other day with an agent. Sorry, this is kind of a side note, but um, I had an agent come into my office and she was talking about planning her summer camps. And she said, well, I think in the morning I'm going to do STEM camp with this age group. And in the afternoon, I'm going to do this um, leadership camp with this age group. And I said, for how many days? And she said, oh, like three or four. And I said, girl, you're crazy. Uh -uh. <laughs> and she said, uh -uh. why? And I said, do you know that that is an eight to five? camp for three or four days i said that you're you're gonna be dead after that you don't want to do that anymore so timing is everything and especially um when you're planning your food camp not just the time of year but the time of day and how much time are you going to need to do the activities um one of the things that i tend to do when i plan out these camps is i overpack them with too many activities for me i would rather have too many activities as opposed to not enough um, and trying to be stretching things out or filling time or whatever. Um, I like to have one extra one so that if we do run ahead of schedule, then I can, we can do that there. Um, otherwise we'll just save it for another thing, you know, so. And I did, I'm sitting here thinking of all the supplies and I'm not talking just the grocery list, but if you're going a place that doesn't have an equipped kitchen. Yes. And you have to haul everything. 
oh my goodness. Yes. I'm just saying, be ready. For, they're fun and they are so worthwhile, but it is a lot of work on the front end of it. It is. And, and you have, I mean, when you make your grocery list, also make out that list of things that those kids are going to need to make those dishes, cutting boards, knives, yes. spoons, hot plates. If you don't have stoves, um, baking sheets for ovens, um, the parchment paper to put down so you can write on it who you know whose cookies belong to which group or whatever um oven mitts uh first aid kits things like oh, and that you're gonna need those believe me dish soap <laughs> you know yeah, um i can't you would not believe the amount of dish soap you go through because having that many supplies for that many kids for even just a half a day camp is a lot. I mean, you, you can only have so many, and then that means that they are washing dishes after every activity. And while that's not always ideal, sometimes that's just what you have to do because that's what the equipment that you have. Um, and the dish soap that they use is ridiculous. Yeah. If a little is good, they think a lot is better. This is where to me a great, and I won't even call, it's not really a partnership. You're just asking to use the building, but if you have an FCH department and I don't know what they're calling it now, human sciences or whatever department may be in your school, work with that teacher and maybe you can use those kitchens that are in there mm -hmm. that are equipped. Yeah. I've done a lot of these with, um, churches and for smaller groups, depending on the size of the church, um, those work great too. The big commercial kitchens are awesome. Yeah. So think about, again, this isn't going to be a, you're a two week out kind of program. No, no, no. This is, if you're waiting till right now to plan this and you're not hosting this camp until the end of summer. Yeah, so sorry this didn't come out on time. We would have given you another week to play. <laughs> no, we're not late on this. We're just, what, a day late on this one? We're just a day late. I think this was- Well, by the time it posts, it might be two days late. That's so. true. Okay, two days late. All right, there you go. So, so you still got some time, but but chop, 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 little cupcake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's dive into some ideas. We've talked about planning. We've talked about working with producers, of a couple of partners. Um, let's get into some actual activities at camp. Yes, you go I, for it. You, you want me to take it? Yeah. All right. One of the fun ones I did, and and again, it was long. No, I'm going to go back to a first one. This was probably the first. Well, no, I did things in in Crockett County too, but the first really fun one I remember doing, and I I think I alluded to this one on the day camp thing. I had been to National 4-H Agents Conference in Oregon. I was looking back. I think it was 2006. Yeah, I'm dating myself a little bit. 2006, and I still have my handout. Like I'm showing it to Megan right now. <laughs> I still have the handout from that. But it was a kitchen boot camp for boys. I came back and did that. And I did it on August 13th, 2007, right before school started, because that's when we were also getting ready to start 4-H food nutrition. The great part about it was it got boys in the doors. And I had a great kitchen in Parker County in the extension office, boys that none of those were 4-H members, zero. We did so many cool things. So we made scrambled eggs. We did fight back. We made bird cookies, cereal trail mix. But along with it too, I, I came out of the classroom and I came out of the high school classroom, but I always did something with my kids that they loved, even as high schoolers is we still did. I did children's literacy, even with my high school kids, because even in high school, they still like to be read to. So I incorporated literacy in the kitchen with the kitchen boot camp for boys. It's smart to do. So we did Oliver's vegetables, Gregory, the terrible eater, and a bad case of the straps, which is where the little girl doesn't eat lima beans. So there's all kinds of books on, on, you know, cooking or 
a certain theme where kids don't eat a certain vegetable or something like that. So we incorporated literacy with that too. I then turned it in the next summer to kitchen boot camp for boys too. We kicked it up a notch. A lot of these boys came back and were my leaders. And I'm talking to y'all, these were young kids. These weren't high school boys. And then we did a kitchen boot camp for girls, a whole nother level. And then my high school kids wanted something. So we did kitchen boot camp for party planning. Oh, that was yeah, fun. Yeah, that was fun. So getting this was a long time ago we did this. <laughs> but what a what a draw if you're trying to get outside 4-H kids, you know, growing the 4-H program to get them to come into it or just teaching basic skills. So I'm going to start with that one. That's my number 1. Boom, back to you. Okay, so um we did baking boot camp the last summer I was in Ellis County and um, some of the really super fun activities we did out of that were um, we took that kind of that tried and true old standby chocolate chip cookie recipe and had each group get a different type of substitution. Um, and we tried, we made all kinds of different cookies. So like one didn't have eggs in it. One used gluten-free flours. Um, another one used um, vegetable oil as opposed to butter and and shortening and things like that and so we um we did that we had them all make those cookies they loved it we also did a um a very simple sugar cookie recipe and um then so we made that on one day and the next day we had someone come in and help teach them on how to decorate cookies and they loved it that was so fun um, we, I also think that every kid should know how to make brownies, not from a box, yes. you know, make them from scratch. And so, um, we, we taught the kids how to make brownies from scratch. Now, of course, um, and then we also did our old standby of bread in a bag, um, which if you've never done that, that program, it's super easy. It's so fun. And it shows the kids how to make yeast bread in a really fun way. Um, and so, uh, Anyways, they got to take a lot of things home to eat, and that was the best part of it, I think. I think that's the only reason these kids come to that that particular one is because they want to eat all the sugar, um, but it was a lot of fun. So, All right, we did the same thing. We did the same thing, a baking school. We did the same deal. Mm -hmm. Now, again, it was a once a week for six weeks. It was exhausting, and it was mm -hmm. lots of equipment. Never again. Equipment. Yeah, never again, but they learned to do. We did cupcakes. We did quick breads. We did yeast breads. Mm, I'm missing something else in there. But the last thing we ended with, they learned to make homemade pasta. That was oh, really yes. cool. That was, I, I'd never made homemade pasta, but I had an I haven't either. Yeah. who was fabulous at it. And so, and, and she does not buy already made pasta. She does homemade all the time. That was so fun for those kids to do. But That's again, awesome. exhausting, but very worthwhile. And I will say most of those were already 4-H members. It didn't draw in, which I don't even think I really marketed to people outside of 4-H. We kept that pretty limited on that one. But yeah, any kind of baking school, and I was pulling out, I've got a folder that I showed it to Megan. It's huge. Susie Spurlock, and gosh, she's been retired a long time. She was in Sherman County. Almost at least 10 years. Yeah. And she did a whole, <laughs> like a three-week baking deal. And so one week focused on cookies. And it sounds like they did some of the things Megan talked about. Mm -hmm. One week focused on muffins. And then one week focused on the bread in the bag because it is such yeah. a, a great thing for kids to do is bread in the bag uh, so much so many things to do with baking and really the good thing about that because it's baking it's not terribly expensive right so I, i'm always asked how do you pay for this well i've i've 
luckily been in counties that had good budgets. I could use my county budget. If I ever had to charge people, I really didn't want to charge over 10. I kept it pretty minimum. But when you're doing baking schools for them, if you got, get the right recipes, you're not looking at, at, at ingredients that are expensive. No, I mean, you can buy flour in bulk. You can buy sugar in bulk. You can mm -hmm. buy butter in bulk. Those are things that almost every recipe that you're going to do a cooking, like baking camp with, they're all going to use those. So you can, instead of buying the, you know, the two pound bag or the five pound bag, you get the huge 10 pound bag and it, it saves you a little bit of money. Yes. So what's your next one? Well, no, you did. Do you want me to stay since we did both baking school? You want to stay with me? Or you can go back to you. We can go back to you. Okay. Either way. And you go um, for it. So I had a, a, an epiphany while ago while we were talking pre-show about an activity that I think would be a lot of fun. Um, on a side note, I have become increasingly more obsessed with the Food Network and Discovery Plus as I get um, more stressed out by my job because I don't really have to pay attention to those shows. And um, I always am fascinated by the things that they can come up with in 30 minutes. Um, but one of the things that I think would be so cool to do with our kids is to do kind of a take on um, Chopped or guys grocery games or something like that. And you give the kids a group of ingredients and maybe a recipe to follow, but you leave out one or two of the ingredients. And, this, and then they have to go to the pantry or the store, whatever it is, and get an ingredient to substitute for those missing ingredients. Um, this is a great lesson to talk about substitutions and what to do when you are out of something or you're missing something or somebody has a food allergy that they can't have that particular substance. So then they have to figure out which substitution could they use. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in baking. It could be in any kind of dish that you're gonna make and talk about, you know, the, the basics of, okay, so I'm going to make a dressing, a salad dressing, but I'm out of this, this, and this. What can I put in this salad dressing to still make this dish taste edible, you know? And so talk about those different things. There's a ton of pins out on Pinterest that you could find that, that give you all kinds of substitutions for those things. Take one of those graphics and turn it into that game. I like that. That's fun. That's and you know what we do that a lot at home. Yes, because I stand there and go, I don't have any groceries. Well, I do. You know, yeah, I I did this with my niece the other uh, a few weeks ago. Um, she wanted to make cookies, and I said, okay, let's make some cookies. So I go and open the pantry, and we have flour and we have sugar, and there was butter. They always have butter. Um, there's nothing else. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what are we gonna make? Sugar cookies. Okay, we can make sugar cookies. We have no eggs. What can we substitute for eggs? Well, you can substitute some sweetened condensed milk. And so we made sugar cookies that were a little bit more chewy. So they had to bake a little bit longer, but you know, we can, we can find all these different substitutions and you can still do the things you want, but we have to teach the kids those skills and camp is an excellent way to do that. Okay. I'm going to throw something out right here. And I can't remember if we've talked about, have we already talked about aquafaba or was that uh -uh. something else I was doing? Oh my gosh. Okay. I learned something new. All right. So in deep COVID, I started watching, I think, Tasty, their YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. And there's a couple on there and they're really pretty funny. And th they were in California. So, you know, in California, those people couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. She was making a date night meal for her and her husband. And she said for the appetizer, I was going to make hummus. And if you have never made homemade hummus, 
you need to make it because you will never buy the junk and the little tray thing again. It's disgusting. Okay. Now, here's what I learned. And talk about when you said you didn't have eggs, I was going to share this substitution. This is so cool, y'all. So she goes to drain her chickpeas and she said, save the juice, but it's called aquafaba. Oh, yes. We have, we have talked about have this. we talked about this? Okay. Yes. Well, try, I'm, I'm serious. I have frozen aquafaba in my freezer right now. Okay. Use it. So get you some chickpeas, go make you some hummus, save your aquafaba. And I think it's three tablespoons equal one egg. So along with this, she makes her hummus. And by the way, it's hummus without tahini, which I don't like buying tahini because it's very expensive and you literally use not even a quarter of a cup. So this is, it's, it's a fabulous recipe. So then she took some of that aquafaba, just, a, I think it was a tablespoon and made these peanut butter cookies. And all it was, was aquafaba and crunchy peanut butter and smooth peanut butter. Yes, that's, that was it. And at the end, after she baked them, she dipped them in melted chocolate chips. Mm. Maybe the best peanut butter cookies I've ever had. Then she took the rest of the aquafaba and she made homemade pasta. Mm. The, I need to go find it. We'll put it in the show notes of this whole thing. But aquafaba, if you have a can of chickpeas, that is a fabulous substitution if you don't have eggs. Yeah, that's Boom. awesome. Learning from the lunchtime ladies. <laughs> but how cool, but how cool for our kids to know again, this is just like a food challenge thing on yes. you don't you don't have this item, but you need you gotta have something like it, you know, whether it's a something to help brown something or or a binder. Okay, what else could you use? Like I didn't know that about sweetened condensed milk. I learned something new today. I Googled it. Yeah, save the power Google too. <laughs> Google yeah. and the lunchtime ladies. Yeah. We're here to answer your food questions. <laughs> Yep. 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 Also, you can use a banana, but we didn't have bananas either. So, <laughs> okay. But th such good things yeah. our kids need to know because maybe you live in a place that a grocery store is at close. Yeah. You gotta use whatever you have on hand. Yep. Now, did you talk already about a cooking about, I, I keep calling them cooking schools, but something doing, you said substitutions. Um, sorry, my brain's thinking of something else already. All right. Aquafaba. There you go. <laughs> You okay, it's your turn one. to talk about an activity. My turn. Okay. I was thinking about this when you said something earlier about buying ingredients. And we told you in the one episode where we talked to you about take care of yourself. That was the one just a few weeks ago. And we said, do not forget what we've learned in this last year. So yes, let's say you want to do, let's say you want to be crazy and do a six-week baking school. Don't do it. Don't, don't okay, do, well, don't Megan do says don't do it. Megan says don't do it. I was going to throw this out. Maybe one week it's in person, and maybe the next week you do a cook-along, and you provide. You, okay, you that one's not so bad. It's not so bad, but you <laughs> tell them their grocery list, and, and, and if they're buying it, make it cheap. I mean, do maybe you do some real easy muffins, and I will tell you, up to me, the best muffin recipe still is Better Homes and Gardens. You can't go wrong with that because it's a base muffin recipe, and then they can add in whatever they want. But why not do a cook-along? Yeah. On a Teams or a Zoom. And so it's incorporating being together. And then maybe you're not in person together, but you're still together. Mm -hmm. Don't forget the things we've learned. So I just wanted to throw that out that really you could do that with anything you do. Or a Facebook Live. Sure. 
I've, I've seen a several agents, um, recently that do cooking demonstrations, Facebook live. That's, that's a fun camp. And that's a great way to promote your program. Yes. Well, and I mean, the lunchtime ladies, we cooked at Christmas. We did. <laughs> we did. Um, I that did was not fun. show I my just, cookies on camera, but we did make them. Yes. Yes. But I just, I wanted to throw that out is don't forget what we've learned that we don't have to work like we did and wear ourselves completely out in the summer. Yeah. Or anytime Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever. Yep. Okay. Back to you. Okay. So, um, one of the camps that I did a food camp one year was, um, I had a theme and that year I had a theme for every camp I did. And this one was, so it, it stemmed from this idea. I have to kind of give some backstory on this at the Minnesota state fair. Everything they do is on a stick. You can get gator tail on a stick, cheese curds on a stick. You can get t-shirts on a stick. Like everything they have comes on a stick. And so I was thinking about that and I was like, man, that would be so fun to do as a food camp. And so food camp that year was everything on a stick. And so we made salad on a stick and we learned how to cut a wedge of salad and then build something that was pretty with like a wedge of lettuce and um, a tomato and maybe an onion and um, an olive maybe, and then drizzle our balsamic vinegar over the top of it. And so we, we learned how to plate it and we learned how to build it. Um, then we did sandwiches on a stick. Okay. So they had to learn to cut, they had to make their sandwiches. We made club sandwiches. Then they had to, um, learn how to cut them all the appropriate way and everything build those. Then we made pancakes on a stick. We'll call it breakfast on a stick, but we made, um, mini pancakes and they got to layer those with fruit and then made, made a dipping sauce with that. And then we made, um, desserts on a stick, but we did, uh, sponge cakes. Mm. and we put fruit on there with the sponge cakes and then drizzled chocolate sauce over the top. Oh, yeah. So oh, it was so good. Um, funnest camp ever because everything was on a stick, literally. Now I'm thinking about, because I'm having to stop at the grocery store because I haven't been there in about three weeks. I'm thinking, ooh, maybe dinner tonight is everything on a stick. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you could incorporate this at home too, make it fun at your house. I mean, change it up. Kebabs. Kebabs are awesome. Kebabs. Kebabs are the best. I'm thinking, ooh, that angel food cake. I do that every once in a while. Angel food cake with some strawberries and drizzled chocolate yep. on it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. An old tried and true favorite. Old tried. Probably a lot of you have done this. And I think I have these on my Pinterest board too. I need to look. And I'm holding up my book that nobody can see except for Megan. Science in the Kitchen. That There are so many options of things you can do now. Let's go back to the time frame, though. I'm telling you right now, you're going to try to think you can do this all day. You will, you might as well take the next day off. You're going to be exhausted. And yes. all day science in the kitchen is very difficult to do. Maybe just make it a half day. There's nothing wrong with that. But such a good camp to do. There are so many different food science experiments all kinds of Pinterest, go to Pinterest and just find stuff and go for it. Yeah. So there's actually a really cool book I found off of Amazon. It's called steam in the kitchen and it breaks down, um, the science, technology, engineering, and math parts of things of, um, activities to do in the kitchen with your students. I've never done it at camp, but I have done it as a curriculum enrichment, um, 
program out of school and the kids loved it. There's all kinds of things in there. Um, and it's broken down by, anyways, the book is like, it's my jam because it's very well organized, but, um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And Megan, I'm glad you said that is I know this, this podcast is called food nutrition camps this week or this day, but yeah, you could do these as curriculum enrichment. Sure. Absolutely. Because they're always looking for things because STEM is so big in schools and I, and wherever you may be here in Texas, it's TEKS, Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills, whatever state you may be in, they may want to see the TEKS on it, our version of TEKS, but for your state, those are not going to be hard to find. And a teacher would help you. If you really don't know where to start with those, you ask a teacher and they'll help you with what TEKS or again, whatever your version is for your school. But that would be a great curriculum enrichment with kids. Mm-hmm, for sure. Love it. Love okay, what, it. What's your next activity? Well, I don't know. Um, I'm probably going to say, and we, we talked about this prior to, you know, we're, I came out of a big food challenge County. We were huge. So we did do things with food challenge in the summer and we targeted our initial group was ones that had already done food challenge to kick them up a little bit, to, to pick it up a notch. And then we'd start focusing on ones that thought they may want to do food challenge the next year. And that's where we'd have our first time food challenge workshop and things like that. So it was just taking, I would try to base it around weaknesses I saw in food challenge the year before. And that's really what we would focus on. So if I saw a weakness in knife skills, we would focus, we would have a, a session on knife skills at the workshop. If I saw you know, I laughed at our kids when it needed to be all put together, they would separate it when it needed to be separated, they would mash the heck out of it and throw <laughs> it in a cup and call it a smoothie. We were laughing about this earlier from another county, but I would, I'd, I'd look at those, those weak areas. And that's what we had, would have tried to address in a fun way, in a fun way. And that's what we would try to do at, at camp the next summer. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. pretty short, sweet, easy camp. It, that was probably a real easy camp to do. Yeah. Um, my next one is one that we're going to do. And I think Wendy's also doing this one, um, this summer at our district leadership lab, we are doing grilling 101 and I am jazzed. I cannot wait. Um, here in Texas, we have a pretty unique program called Path to the plates where Texas beef council came in and worked with our, a lot of our agents to train them on how to use these, um, charcoal grills and how to, you know, properly grill some things I don't know I didn't go to the workshop but um, there was a lot of a lot of education in it and so we have all these agents across the state that know how to do this and all these districts have access to these um path to the plate grills and so we are loading them up and we're taking them to burn it with us to camp and having a whole workshop um the agent I put in charge of that workshop is super pumped and he's already planned out the whole thing it doesn't happen for two more months and it's all planned out with grocery lists and all the things um and so because he's super awesome like that but we're doing um like grilling hamburgers and grilling vegetables and all kinds of things and learning grill safety and um food safety when you're grilling and how to not cross contaminate and how to make sure that your food is properly cooked all the way through and then just you know safety around the grills and and everything like that so um we are super excited to be able to host that but i think that for a lot of them, and I think Wendy, we've talked about this before when y'all were talking about your grilling games. Um, when we talked about it with Robert in the last season, you could take that a, a step further and do a meat science program with that. Yeah. 
you know, and talk about the cuts of meat and where they come from and what, you know, maybe the best method of cooking those cuts of meat. Is it grilling? Is it braising? Is it stewing? Whatever it is. Um, and, and see that. Um, but then maybe end that activity or that day camp with a tour to a local meat market um, and, and let those those professionals educate your kids on where those cuts come from, what a good one looks like, the difference between select and choice and prime and and all of those types of things and let them do some identification with it. Okay, and I'm, I tried to pull up my Canva and my phone's being crazy here at the office right now. I go back and we did something like that with, oh gosh, we targeted 4-H kids, but Robert had done a program in Lubbock ISD and I talked about this on another episode. And so that summer he targeted the kids he used from an ag class and some of our traditional 4-H kids. And we did a whole beef thing. We did a whole beef thing. I'm on a podcast. <laughs> Sorry, that was my secretary calling back here. I told her we were recording. Um <laughs> But we did it all around beef and we did it at Texas Tech. They have an excellent meat science department there. And it was it was all the pieces you were talking about. We even had a lot of their grad students talking about grills. They had all, you know, they had a Traeger grill and this grill and this grill and talked about different grills and then how to trim a brisket and beef nutrients. And I mean, we had all of it. And then Texas Beef Council came in on the end. And I don't think they do this part of it anymore, but they brought all the grills. They went and bought all the meat, the vegetables and taught the kids about tech had already talked to them about seasoning and they got to taste different seasonings for their meats. Mm -hmm. And so the Texas Beef Council rolled in with all these different seasonings. So kids were seasoning their meats and they learned how to cook and how to work with charcoal. That was a blast. And then that's kind of from that's how grilling games started. So if you wanted to convert it into a contest, and I will tell you, we I saw a young man the other day, C.W. Johnson, shout out to, to Cone up there in Swisher County. I saw him at Livestock Judging the other day, and, and he said, Wendy, are we going to have grilling games again? I said, C.W., we sure are. So the kids and the parents are already excited. But Megan, it involves so many things that you just said, mm -hmm. the things you are going to talk about at Leader Lab. So much of that, that Robert went to different people in town and did recordings and put them in his, his Facebook group and did all this stuff with it. It is a skill that our kids really don't have is grilling. Well, and, and that's such a hot, a hot thing right now, like the, oh, yeah. the smoking of the meats and the barbecue teams and all that stuff. Um, go find one of those teams and let them come in and talk to your kids. You know, I, not everybody has a local meat market, and I get that. Um, United, a lot of Uniteds have a fresh meat market, so go find one of those. Um, HEBs have a, a lot of them have a fresh meat market somewhere. Um, even Walmart, while they might not do like the cuts of meat like some of the others do, they do have to package it in the back. And mm -hmm. so you could go in and see if they'll let you, or at least have the meat scientist or the the meats person come out and talk to the kids about the different things. Um, your well, local grocery stores. I'll tell you, Brookshire's. Brookshire's does that as well. And they'll come out and talk to the kids about well, the different cuts of meat. And we learned in this last year, too. If you're out in the middle of nowhere, Zoom somebody in. Yeah. Go yeah, find yeah. A, a yeah. university professor, a meat science department person, a you grad know, student. Who is, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for throwing him out there. Um, but the guy who owns Meat Church in Waxahachie, Texas, they are very well known. Um, they have their own seasonings. I use them all the time on everything, but he does um, cooking schools. He does a meat church cooking school and it costs 
a lot of money to go to it, but it is the coolest thing. And he is so excited to help the kids out any way he can. And so I bet he would do a zoom for most people. Um, you just got to reach out. All they can say is no. All they're going to say is no. And I will tell you, I'm going to throw this guy out and hopefully he doesn't mind me doing it, but he does classes. Okay. Junior Urias. And I think I've talked about him or Robert talked about him on his episode. This was a guy that had been on Pitmasters and had won. He used to be a Midland. He has now moved to early, a little more central in the state. Mm -hmm. Robert said this was, so I bought for him to, for Father's Day to go to one of his workshops. He loved it. And Junior was like, I'll come up and I'll judge your grilling games. Well, then, you know, Rona came along, so we didn't ask him to do it. But he said, I'll come up. I'll do whatever. I, I guarantee if you're in the area, if you zoom him in, I, he might say no. I don't know. I mean, he's pretty famous now since he won Pitmasters. But the, Robert said the nicest, nicest man and said his education level on meat was just unbelievable and grilling. Yeah. And, and even, I mean, it, it doesn't even have to be somebody as, as um, well known as that. It could be, you know, a local cooking team. Most of those guys have to have some sort of knowledge about it. And I would go on a limb to say that a lot of your culinary departments yep. um, have somebody in there i know in a couple of different school districts that are popping into my head they have a bar a high school barbecue team okay and yes yeah. and, and those, that. they just had the state championships yes i yep um they those culinary teachers they know how to do that stuff and so involve them get them to come and teach your kids for a little bit yes i know we've got well it was in my county before i wasn't or when i was not an age anymore but this was in my county o'donnell which is a 1a high school an unbelievable grilling team and but they just placed i think they were fourth at state and those are high school kids ask them so yeah it didn't have to be an adult you you have yeah. great leadership amongst your kids let them teach your your own children oh my gosh i want to go do now i want to grill something robert said he would grill, grill for dinner but i don't know if our weather's going to handle that tonight so now i want something grilled <laughs> i know i know um me too. I, I forgot stick. to lay out my, my beef for tonight, so it's not going to be grilled. But I think I might go make some homemade pasta tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need to find that recipe somewhere. All right. What else? Okay. I have one one more thing. and it I, hope it's, I hope it's the one I'm thinking of that you're going to talk about. I hope. Okay. So I did one year for our theme for food. I, I'm a big, I'm big on themes. I like to do themes with everything. Um, we did a salsa camp. There it is. <laughs> yep. We did a salsa camp. We made all kinds of salsa. And then we talked about all the things that could go with it. And we made some of those things to put the salsa on. Um, we made chips, we made um, eggs, we made all kinds of things. Um, but I think that a lot of people, maybe not me by myself, but a lot of people could take it a step further and not just teach the salsa workshop, but maybe also teach a canning workshop for kids mm -hmm. because I don't know what y'all think, but I'm pretty sure that canning is becoming more and more of a lost art and not a lot of people do it anymore. No, they don't. And, and it kind of goes back and we've talked about this, you know, again, I laugh how all of our episodes start to loop back together yeah. and we've used the verbiage a lot back to the basics and think yeah. of, especially a lot of things we've talked about on here, back to the basics, mm -hmm. baking, grilling, canning, things that people started doing when we came into COVID let's not lose that no keep going with it keep going there's no turn reason it not into to. an educational experience for your students yes yes yeah, so I, okay something hit me when you said the about the salsa and having themes and themes do make it easy 
And if you're one of those people and you're sitting there thinking, I'm not creative, I can't come up with themes, I'm going to give you a suggestion. Go, if you have a Party City close, go walk through Party City and look at all the decorations they have. And something may hit you when you see a decoration. And I'm, I'm thinking through, the, through there right now, like, you know, they've got the Fiesta section. They've got the different, and I'm even thinking, oh, what could we do? Because I saw this on the Great British, British Baking Show, where one of the themes one week was like cooking, baking things from the past. Ooh. And I'm thinking 60s, 70s, 80s, and foods that were popular during that time. Mm -hmm. That could be something. Or if you don't have a party city, go on to Ordinal Trading and just look at different themes of things they had and what foods could fit that. And sometimes this is where you have to check your cool at the door. You could dress up as the agent and have a lot of fun <laughs> with it. I do. I like dressing up. I, I, I'm a dress up person when I talk about something. And if you're not going to go to the party store, you're not going to think about Oriental Trading. Here's five for you that are good standbys. Ready? Do it. Hawaii. Yes. Western. Yeah. You could do some barbecue with that. Yes. Okay. Um, springtime vegetables. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm like, what are these next two, Megan? <laughs> cupcake wars. <laughs> oh, love Cupcake wars. wars. Yes. Um, or... Uh, just a general nutrition. Yeah. Except that one. That one That's kind of boring, but you can put a lot of things like, into it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that salsa. one kind of went. <laughs> I mean, think about, think about the salsa. You can make salsa and then you could maybe dance the salsa. You could have yeah. a little fitness in with it. Put a fiesta theme on it. Yeah. Hit a pinata at the end of it. <laughs> oh, that not with candy though. Don't be having some candy in your pinata. Put or vegetables maybe. in there. Who cares? Vegetables. <laughs> Yeah, that would be dangerous. <laughs> They'd be a little pulverized. You could put them yeah. in those veggie smoothies. Yeah. We'd need some tomatoes. You make some real good tomato soup that way. <laughs> That's a good way to chop them up. Just stick them in yeah. the Oh, how fun was this? Man, food camp is is awesome. I think we we said this on the day camp episode, but day camps are are our jam and food camp is the bread we like to put it on. So, so, oh, that was good. And again, you were never like on my little on um my little foods reference right there. That was a good food reference. You're <laughs> never on your own on this. Let, let us work together. Ha ha ha. Get that one. Let us work together. Make it a multi-county event. Yeah. You don't have to be by yourself. So don't think, oh gosh, I'm, I'm a, you know, agent, a, a single agent County work with people. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Let's utilize work your resources. Mm -hmm. And in the event that you ever get stuck for an idea, reach out to us and we'll help you work through something. That's right. You say tomato. I say tomato. I want to start singing that song now. <laughs> I'm thinking of food references. <laughs> and with that, Wendy, do you have anything else to tell these fine folks today? I don't. I just, I hope you're getting ideas from us. I hope so. Things that are very usable. Yep. We, we know you can't use all of our ideas. We throw lots of things out at you, but pick and choose and have fun with your job. Yes. Make it fun. Enjoy it. Um, next week's episode is all about livestock clinics. And so we're going to take a sharp turn back into the ag world and uh, talk about all of those. And we're, we are kind of winding down with this, this season. So um, we hope that you really enjoy these next few episodes. We've got some good ones lined up and um, with some things that I hope that you can get out of it. So yes, as always, we hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll see you right back here next week on our regularly scheduled time. <laughs> No more hiatus. <laughs> <laughs>
Have a great day. Thanks, y'all. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the 4-H Lunchtime Ladies podcast. We'd like to continue this conversation with you over on our social media pages. So be sure and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and connect with us there. You can find us at the 4-H Lunchtime Ladies on both platforms.